I see no objection. Therefore, the resolution is um, is uh, adopted with this this amendment. Therefore, uh, I repeat, the, the uh, resolution <laughs> is uh, approved with amendment. You know, I probably should have named my last article, what in the hell just happened, right? Because that's kind of where everybody is right now. Yeah. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have James Rogolguski coming back, and I promised I'd have him back when the WHO meeting was over, the annual meeting in Geneva, Switzerland, where they were trying to cram down everyone's throats, these amendments, so that we could recap what really went on at this meeting. And I got to tell you, I was shocked when I found out that Friday they amended the amendments because they put new amendments through. They did their initial amendments, and then they came up with new ones. And then they amended it on Friday on the spot, and then they passed those. You're supposed to have four months in order for states, countries, to look them over and then decide whether they agree with them or not, but they didn't even follow their own rules. So we're working with an organization who doesn't even follow their own rules. So <laughs> they're expecting others to follow their rules. Just keep that in your mind. But I, I'm going to play this meeting that they had uh, for you. It's their last meeting where they actually approve the amendments and you'll see how they talk in code, but you'll find out that James Roguski thinks it's a good thing because there was so much politics going on behind the scenes and what they ended up approving really is just the time frame of how long people have to agree on the amendments and they moved them out. And we'll talk about that, but it exposed these guys. And so it's good, but we, you know, the fight is not over. These people are going to be coming back even harder and stronger. They still have that darn uh, uh, treaty. The treaty is really bad. The treaty is full blown tyranny. And they're going to come back at it in every direction they can. And so it's so good that we won this. This is a battle that we won. And so this is fantastic. We should take our little victory lap while we can, because there's going to be a lot more battles. And this is just a small battle of this big war that we're fighting. But we won it. And we won it because the people worked together. The people all demanded it. And we were vocal. And we pretty much said, hell no, we are not going to follow this. And they knew they couldn't get away with it. And these other small countries also said, hell no. So you'll, you'll hear about it as we, as we talk. It's really great. There's going to be a ton of blackmail. There's going to be a ton of coercion behind the scenes with this treaty. And these small countries are going to be blackmailed. There's probably going to be people dying in this process. And it's going to be a scary situation. So we, the people, have to push back. So before I get into playing the video clip and then also get into the interview, I also want to talk about what's going on in Ukraine. I published an article actually that Bruce Gagnon wrote. I'm going to start publishing some of his work. He has a blog that doesn't get out that much and he's one of the most knowledgeable people, period, in the world on the weaponry and what they're doing around the world. And so I'm going to start publishing his work, but he had an article and it's it was fantastic, but it was uh, soldiers, U Ukrainian troops, a whole battalion and other soldiers. And I have a couple videos that I posted of their surrendering. They're talking about how if they surrender, they're being uh, shot or they're being taken away. They're being told they're going to get shot if they surrender. 
And there's a lot of reports coming out now of soldiers surrendering. Now, this is good and bad in the sense that Russia is is winning. And one of the quotes that came from the video is that people aren't admitting the the real losses and what's really going on on the on the ground. That's why they're not uh, letting soldiers surrender or abandon the sites. They're killing them. But why it's good is that we want this to get over quick. We want them to give the Donbass region back to Russia. But Russia is wanting to do war crimes, military war crimes, because of all the the uh, bio labs that are in the region. There's 25 countries that have bio labs. There's more than that that have bio labs. But I had a map when I interviewed Bruce Gagnon that showed 25 countries. This doesn't include South America and the United States. So this is just what they know. Pentagon uh, bio labs. And what's also come out, came out recently is the human experiments in Indonesia with biolabs and, you know, what they're doing, the Pentagon ones. So all these crimes are coming out. So they don't want, so they don't want these war crime tribunals or these war crime courts to come out and expose everything that they're doing. They do not want Russia to do this. And so they're going to keep fighting. Poland does not want Russia to take over. So we don't know, even if Ukrainian soldiers fall, the Ukraine falls, we're going to see what NATO is going to do. Are they going to bring in other soldiers? Are they going to, what are they going to do? Where did that $40 billion go, by the way? Nobody knows where that's really going. So it could just be a big funneling of money. It's a big quagmire, but it's very serious because Ukraine falling does not mean that the war doesn't end. It might mean the war expands. So we got to watch this very closely. Okay, there's another one thing that I I have to tell you about. And Sherry Edwards uh, just emailed me and she's telling me that from her vocal prints and her analysis, what's going on in mass is that these jabs, these vaccines and boosters, especially both that everybody's taking is causing a pandemic of inflammation. People are having inflammation everywhere. And that what we're going to see is a uh, byproduct of that is going to be all sorts of diseases. They're not going to blame it on the vaccine. They're going to blame it on whatever, the disease and some other things. It's going to be this big nebulous stuff, but it's really these jabs. mRNA, we've been talking about it for a long time, but it's inflammation problem. And there's other problems too, blood clots and things, but the inflammation is going off the charts. And one thing she mentioned, and I'm really glad she did, is because she also anal- analyzed C60. C60 is the world's best anti-inflammation solution. And so if you have not looked into that, especially if you've gotten the jab, you need to look at it. And I, I also am excited because we're going to have a new product coming out that's going to be a lot less expensive and more powerful. So hopefully we can reach more people. So keep an eye out for that. We're going to have um, some live testing and, and things. That's going to happen in a couple of weeks. I'm hoping by the end of June we get something loaded for you guys to see. That'll be fantastic. But in the meantime, really look in the C60. Literally, it will change your life if you have problems with inflammation. And a lot of the mental problems as people get older comes from an inflammation issue. So you can find that at sarahwestall.com under shop. And while you're there, please look at the other affiliates. That's how I support this show and sign up for my newsletter. Okay, I'm going to play the clip of the the who where they agreed on these amendments. And then I'm going to dive right into this long interview with James Roguski. Till 8.30. As I said, I am going to move to item 16.2. 16.2. We have discussed conference paper 7, and I have invited 
or you are uh, among yourself, you said that informal consultation is needed. And I heard that informal consultation came to very good result. As a result, revised conference paper was published yesterday. As far as I am concerned, I have not heard any views against the conference paper entitled A75-A Conf 7 Revision 1. I have not heard anything. Is anyone would like to take four to make comments? I think um, United States as, as representing co-sponsors, I think um, United States is ready to take the floor. May I invite representative of, uh, of United States of America to take the floor? Floor is yours. Thank you so much, Chair. And you're moving so rapidly. We uh, have uh, different teams, as you can imagine, working on these items and different, and different colleagues. So, uh, so it had, took me a minute to get across the room. Um, but uh, thank you for this opportunity uh, to uh, present this evening uh, on uh, A75-A Conf uh, 7 uh, Rev 1, which uh, every delegation, I think, has received online uh, this morning. Uh, and let me just say, as you say, Chair, the United States is pleased to present uh, this update on the informal discussions on the conference paper uh, titled Strengthening WHO Preparedness for and Response to Health Emergencies, Proposal for Amendments to the International Health Regulations 2005. Uh, and we do present this on behalf of the co-sponsors group. Uh, and first, Chair, we'd like to thank you uh, for creating the time and the space for informal discussions on this matter. We also wish to thank all delegations for their commitment to dialogue, consensus, and to ensuring that we begin the next stage of our collective negotiations uh, with a strong foundation and basis for consensus going forward. The ability to meet together that we've had over the past few days to listen and share views uh, was essential for creating a path to consensus. At the informal, we agreed uh, on the following edits to the conference paper, which I will now read out. First, in the accompanying resolution, we agreed to add a new PP5 that recalls the establishment this week of the Working Group on IHR Amendments, WGIHR, through the Working Group on Strengthening WHO Preparedness and Response to Health Emergencies, the WGPR, and reiterating the priority framing for the WGIHR's initial work on a substantive package of targeted amendments as agreed previously by the Executive Board in its decision 150.3. We also agreed to add a new uh, PP6 that notes states' parties' right to notify the Director General of rejections or reservations pursuant to Articles 61 and 62 of the amendments of the International Health Regulations set out in this conference paper. Next, Chair, we agreed in the, in the, in the drafting group or in the, in the 
uh, informal group to delete the original PP5 as requested from the floor of Committee A in the original debate and amend OP1 to more clearly characterize the updates to Articles 55, 61, and 62 as necessary consequent updates based on the adoption of changes in Article 59. Finally, in regards to the resolution, we added a new operative paragraph 2 that urges states' parties, quote, consistent with Article 44 of the International Health Regulations, to collaborate with each other in the provision or facilitation of technical cooperation and logistical support, particularly in the development, strengthening, and maintenance of the public health capacities required under the International Health Regulations. This addition, reflecting language from IHR Article 44B, was added through the informals to reflect and address concerns of states' parties about capacity to implement the current IHRs and reiterating a shared commitment to work together to build such capacities for this and any future amendments. Chair, next in the annex that contains Article 59, we agreed to two changes. In paragraph 1 bis of Article 59, we adjusted the period for rejection of or reservation to any future amendments to 10 months instead of 9 in order to give states' parties additional time for consideration. In paragraph 3 of Article 59, there had previously been suggested text that after notifying the Director General about delays in domestic implementation of an amendment, implementation should be achieved no later than six months after entry into force of the amendments for that state party. This in, the, in the rev that um, delegations have before them, this suggestion was deleted and the current text states that after such a declaration, the concerned party should achieve outstanding adjustments no later than 12 months after entry into force for that state's party. This change maintains the current 24 months for implementation. Chair, we believe that the updated text in Comp 7 slash Rev 1 reflects the results of our productive work together over the past several days here at the Health Assembly and reflects the consensus of member states. On behalf of all of the co-sponsors, we would like again to thank member states for working together on this historic effort to strengthen the IHRs. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, um, uh, Honorable Representative of United States of America. Are you clear about uh, changing points? In order to, uh, to keep your voice, if um, members uh, delegations have some um, would like to hear once more. I think I can ask Secretariat to lead again. It's all right. Okay. In, I don't see any request, so I would like to uh, to make sure that if the committee now ready to approve the draft resolutions contained in in A75 slash A, Conf 7, Revision 1, the financial and administrative implication of this resolution may be found in document A75 A slash Conf slash 7 at 1. 
I am asking you if the committee is ready to approve the draft, draft resolution in question. I see no objection. I see no objection. Therefore, the resolution is, um, is uh, adopted with this, this amendment. Therefore, uh, I repeat, the, the uh, resolution <laughs> is uh, approved with amendment. Hello, James. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me. Well, we had a big soap opera going on with the who and i think that's an understatement and i think we had the ability to watch how they are they're another corrupt worldwide institution and we got to see them on display doing corrupt things not following their own rules and then at the end just i mean you're going to go through it but they passed rules that weren't even following their own procedures but it looks like it kind of was good sort of so can you start with giving us a recap of what the heck happened this week, how serious this was, and then where it ended. And then we can also play the video of the last game charade, and, um, which is hard to, it's a talking code, but go ahead. You know, I probably should have named my last article, what in the hell just happened, right? Because that's kind of where everybody is right now. And I'm so deep down the rabbit hole that I recognize what's going on and it is just entertaining as all hell. The intrigue and the, the players and the soap opera nature of all of this. But um, before I go there, Sarah, um, we, we talked a little bit before we did this recording yeah. and we didn't say this, but I'm going to say this to you. You were one of the very first to give me a chance to, you know, tell you what this was all about. And I don't know, that was a month ago or whatever the heck it was. And so kudos to you. Um, you know, you've wrapped your head around this. You've done some articles about this. And, uh, you know, I want to encourage everybody to just, you know, look at what you've had to say about this because you've been on point with it. Um, it is astonishing, not surprising, but still astonishing how badly the massive um, mainstream media has mostly ignored it if they've if they've even touched it they've butchered it and unfortunately a lot of um alternative media folks ha have just they've just they just have have no idea they have no clue if they've touched it they've gotten it wrong so kudos to you out of the gate um i really appreciate um having this opportunity now what well, just i gotta tell you before we go on you Maybe God blessed you. I don't know, but you found oh, the amendments absolutely. out of the blue, and then you made it known to the world. And and I feel that our show together, because we reached maybe a hundred thousand people, but that was enough for oh others to run with it who understood what it yep. meant, and that was really important. But I don't think people quite realize the magnitude. And when I saw Naomi Wolf, she did a thing with uh, Children's Health Defense. And she goes, you guys, the time is now. Mm -hmm. They are doing this now and taking over the world. And she goes, she says, people don't realize this is very serious. Mm -hmm. I mean, she, she was just like, oh my God. 
And uh, I'm glad she said that because it really puts things in the perspective of what they tried to pull and what they're trying to pull. Um, the, the whole concept and, you know, for anybody who's watching this for the first time, let me try to start with a recap. Okay. Cause we're deep down yep. into the yep. middle of this. And so um, there is a body of international health regulations. It's an 84 page document that actually goes back a hundred plus years. Okay. It started out around the turn of the civil war, the time of the civil war. And if you could really go back and you think about England and you know, London and France and Paris, where um, before there was indoor plumbing and there was uh, sewers and, and that sort of thing, people had a chamber pot and they, that's where they pooped, right? And they'd throw it out into the street. And it had to be absolutely disgusting. And, and so there were um, sanitary regulations that came into force where people started to realize, hey, this is why we have, you know, rats and bubonic plague and the black plague and, you know, all these different problems. They, people were literally living in shit. I mean, you can't they were even- not clean. Yeah. You can't contemplate it right now. And, and, and so, you know, turn of the century, I mean, my mom grew up, they had an outhouse, right? In the, in the 20s. Yep. And uh, then, you know, okay, um, potable water, in, indoor plumbing, um, underground sewers, everything got cleaned up. Diseases really started to plummet. Life expectancy um, increased. And then they started vaccinating kids. And they yeah. took credit for what happened because of all of these sanitary regulations. And getting so, a little bit better nutrition, right? I mean, our nutrition went up because people um, had access. I know our nutrition is bad right now, but people were not, they, they were getting better nutrition for a while there. And, and, and so in 1948, when Harry Truman signed a joint resolution with Congress to join the WHO, these sanitary regulations were part of, after World War II, there were many countries that still did not have modern plumbing. You know, we went on vacation a decade ago, we went to Paris and there were still some restaurants that, you know, their bathroom was a hole in the floor. And yeah, it's, like, it's still like that in China, by the way, because it, I was just in China a couple of years ago and I went into a restaurant and, oh my God, and you had to bring your own toilet paper. You know, it's, it's a blessing. And, and, and so the bringing that forward in 1969, all of those regulations became the international health regulations. And then they did a big rewrite in 2005. And that's what we've been living with for the last 17 years. Okay, that's the foundation of what we're talking about. The Biden administration in January of this year made a proposal, which is only a 13 page document for the first four pages are cover letters because our delegate sent it to the WHO and the WHO sent it to the member nations. So there's only nine pages of changes. And then it just became invisible. So from January to April, it was absolutely invisible. I learned about it on 
March 28th. I wrote an article on March 31st and on April 12th, the WHO published it on their website. I don't remember the date when you and I first, we did our first uh, interview sometime after that. Yep. And, and the point was, hey, everybody, they're trying to make these changes. And the changes had nothing to do with health. They had nothing to do with sanitation. They had nothing to do with essential medicines or you know, nutrition or treatment or anything. It was um, surveillance, compliance, bureaucracy, and the declaration of a state of emergency. And that was the kicker. The kicker was they wanted to have the WHO be able to declare a state of emergency for whatever the hell reason they wanted. Exactly. And so once people saw that, and, and this is what I, I find to be amazingly encouraging. People looked at this really complicated stuff and, and I, I think I was able to explain it so that people could see what it was. And it's been very funny. Um, when somebody is thinking about something, they're looking at something, they're trying to comprehend it. When it registers, when the, when the light bulb goes off, when the epiphany happens, you actually, they, they make a sound. They do something like, oh, oh yeah, because it's because it's that big of a deal there you go oh, it really is oh yeah. my god right they, they make it like wow right it's, <laughs> it's really fun it's really fun when you're talking to somebody and it, you actually recognize it you're talking you're showing them the stuff you're trying to explain it and then it registers and they go oh shit right and so people were you know you don't need a phd to realize that when uh, an amendment to regulations wants to remove 10 words and you read those 10 words and the 10 words essentially say that the country where this is happening has the last word, right? If it's the United States or if it's Bangladesh or if it's Malaysia or Ecuador or Sweden or wherever it may be. If the nation says yes, then it's yes. If the nation says no, then it's no. The WHO can only uh, you know, go along with whatever the nation says. If you remove that, what's left are five words, which is if the director general of the WHO determines. And, and so the whole point of it was people could see that. It's like, do we want each nation to be the final determinant, you know, the one who determines whether or not they have an emergency? Or do we want to put all of that power into the hands of one person, Tedros Ghebreyesus, who's just been coronated for his second five-year term in office? On, you know, as all good dictators are unopposed, Okay. People looked at that and they said, that's why would we want to do that? That's crazy. Well, and the, and the crazy part was, it was, we won't, before it was like, we'll inform, uh, 
states so that they can make you know this their decision the other thing is we will tell them what's going on so they can prepare that was essentially the difference and it was just one word that they changed to inform to instruct kind of, i don't remember what the exact word was well it's you, you pretty but, much you know we're circling around the whole point which is do you want your country to be in charge of your country or do yes. you want this guy to be able to say no, you have an emergency. Now, this is something that you and I haven't talked about, but they're, they're really big on one health, okay? And one health is code for we control everything. Yes. Okay? Yep. Now, imagine, and I know this is maybe not your reality, maybe it is, I have no idea, um, but imagine you knew somebody who had a small flock of chickens or... They had a pig farm or they had some cattle or whatever. Okay. You know, essentially animals, right? Well, if you've got a couple of chickens and they get sick, what, what would a chicken farmer do, right? A rancher or whatever they call it. Um, they'd take those chickens, they'd put them off to the side. Maybe they'd call their vet. Maybe they'd do whatever. And they'd separate, you know, the healthy chickens from the chickens who are sick. And they'd do what they could. Maybe the chickens live, maybe they die, whatever. But wait a minute. With One Health, if the WHO got wind of the idea that, you know, hey, your chickens have a problem, okay? And they swoop in with some investigators. Uh, under the current law, the United States and, and the government could say, look, um, we have a little problem. We're dealing with it. Get out of here, right? They wanted to change that so that the WHO could come in and say, oh, you got a sick chicken. We got to kill all your chickens. We got to kill they all your do pigs. whatever they it, it would cross into so many different areas. People have oh. no idea how broad and wide their jurisdiction would be under these circumstances. But let's talk about what. So they were trying to do that, pull a fast one where they would rule everything essentially when it come, came to help. Let, let, me, let me clarify. Let me clarify. Go ahead. Okay. There's a lot of um, hype, fear mongering, um, and I'll just say bullshit. Okay. Um, that what these amendments would do was not as big as a lot of people have been stating. Okay. It's not as big as what their treaty is going to be. Exactly. It was like a precursor to the treaty, but it was pretty big deal. And, and the so treaty would be all encompassing. The treaty is an abomination. It's just yeah. disgusting and horrible. And every imaginable thing that you could possibly think of is, you know, but people have been taking that, which does not yet exist. And, and we can talk about that. What I've been talking about is very simple is the declaration of a state of emergency, okay? And currently that resides with the member nations of the WHO and the amendments would have made it so that whatever the nation thought, who the hell cares, um, Tedros Ghebreyesus could at his whim say, you've, you know, it's like Oprah Winfrey, you've got an emergency and you've got an emergency. That alone does not give um, power to, um, control what's going on but it's this cascading effect where oh the who said there's an emergency 
So the Secretary of Health and Human Services is justified to say there's an emergency. And then the state and the county and the city, and, and all of it is just a recommendation. None of it is based on evidence or fact or whatever. And so now you're stuck in this emergency situation where people don't realize, and I'm just gonna say this bluntly to your audience, I don't give a shit if there's an emergency, you still cannot trample my inalienable rights. You're absolutely. Back off. And that's the way my audience (laughs) believes, otherwise they wouldn't be listening. But wait a minute, one last thing. Once the WHO declares an emergency, even if it's just in a big work to do, big work to do. Okay. But the states were following it as if it was the law. And so that's where the, um, I refer to it as the dictator general of the World Hypnosis Organization. If you go to my original article, Wake Up and Smell the Burning of Our Constitution, you go to um, exhibit A under evidence. When Harry Truman signed the joint um, resolution that Congress passed in 1948, it says, we're happy to join we want to help improve the health of the world, you know, cleanliness and sanitation and whatever. Um, but whatever it is you decide, we don't have to do anything if we don't want to. And somewhere along the line, the hypnosis kicked in and the media, you know, is the worst. Okay. Our, our great they'll, media. They'll, they'll, they'll say something, you know, they'll, they'll keep presenting, um, well, the World Health Organization said, and the World Health Organization recommended, and the World Health Organization suggested, and the hypnotic suggestion is, well, they said it, so I have to do it. Well, it's and, like consultants in a business. They can refer to somebody who's all-knowing, and, and then you have to do it. And that's why people bring in consultants, because they would be like, oh, you're an idiot to the, their <laughs> management. But if an outside guru says it, then that's like we got and, and, and so what has happened is, you know, if your if your neighbor's grandmother, okay, says, oh, you know, you should have some chicken soup and some vitamin C and get some rest and and go in a sauna and you'll feel better in the morning, okay, that's a really good suggestion. You probably ought to do that, okay, but you don't have to, right? And so when the WHO says, oh you know, everybody should get um, an injection of a bioweapon. You don't have to, but if your head is all messed up um, and you think that they're the boss of you, um, it, it gets translated where their suggestions get interpreted, interpreted, interpreted as, um, you know, your health commissioner in your county or whatever they call, you know, the, that title, um, they go, oh, well, the WHO has said this. So therefore we must do this. And there's this disconnect because people don't read the actual law. And yeah. the law of the land is we're the boss of government. The government is not the boss of us. And well, let's talk, th- go ahead. If you have no, another, no, I was gonna, yeah, that's exactly right. We're you, the ending right there. We are the boss of government that's not the other way around. 
um, that they can't, they shouldn't be able to tell us what to do, but then, okay. So people got wind of these new amendments. It freaked them out to be, as an understatement, other countries and people around the world, there were lawsuits, there were all these things. You were a huge instrumental in getting people to understand what was going on. And then all of a sudden they did a switcheroo and put through these, they dropped the other amendments and then still put something through. And then they ended up voting for it or they didn't vote for it. They well, just passed it. And that's against all their procedures. So can you talk about that? Cause I had a pit in my stomach. I mean, honestly, when I first saw that they just approved it all, it's like, Oh my God, what did they just approve? And how could they approve when they didn't even do their four month thing? Cause they're supposed to have a four month. Let, so let they me, didn't even follow to, their own, let, their own, me, but you're saying overall it's, it's may not be as bad, but still, why would we follow an organization that doesn't even follow their own procedures? When, how can you even trust these guys? But go ahead. Going, going forward. Okay. Um, once you've been cheated on, once you've been lied to, once someone tries to take advantage of you, you should be smart enough to say, okay, uh, I'll never trust you again. It's time to leave this relationship. And that's ultimately where this is headed. But I, I do want to try to uh, explain for your viewers yep. kind of really what happened, all right? And uh, uh, it's all on uh, jamesrogowski.substack.com. Um, the latest article is We Won. And there's a lot of clips and, and things from what happened. You know, I was watching very closely, so you didn't have to watch a whole week worth of this. But, hey, you know, people binge watch, you know, stuff on Netflix. I was just binge watching the World <laughs> Health Assembly because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm crazy that way. Okay. Um, but it actually was, oh, the intrigue was astonishing. And, and to try to summarize it, I'm going to say that nothing I did mattered. And I mean that. I mean that honestly, right? I, I tried to do a lot. But ultimately, what happened is a couple of weeks ago, in the run-up to the assembly, the world, I'm, I'm sorry, the working group for pandemic response, a, a number of member nations were bringing these documents and preparing them to be presented to the assembly in Geneva. And they could not reach consensus, which tells me that somebody read the damn document. Somebody read it. Okay. Yeah. And, and somebody, I'd love to know who it was, okay, you know, which delegate or, or whatever said, hey, United States, what in the hell are you trying to pull? Are you out of your freaking mind? This is insane. And conversations most likely occurred. And it became clear that that was just dead in the water because it's just absolute bullshit. All right. So I don't know that I had any influence in that at all. It could just be that one of the delegates who was a part of that group woke up and read the darn thing and had the same epiphany that I had, which is- Holy crap. You know, I, you know, I think it's more the 100 monkey concept of thousands of people were talking about it. And so it was out there in the zeitgeist and, and somebody in Geneva working in this group looked at it also and and the zeitgeist was, oh come on, America! What what you know? What are you trying to do here? This is crazy. Okay, be that as it may, 
um, it became clear that there was uh, something ro- something was rotten in Denmark. Okay, even though it was yeah. in Geneva, and 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 so by Tuesday morning, when they were supposed to have a two and a half hour session to just you know pass this thing through, instead, the United States, the United Kingdom, the European Union, handful of other countries presented a new document, which you're not allowed to do that. People, it's supposed to be a four month, excuse me. (coughs) It's supposed to be um, four months in advance of the assembly before you submit any amendments. Yep. But they did it anyway. It's because the rules for thee and not for them. And, And so this new document, which was named Conference 7, C O N F 7, like that morning, this thing shows up. And so 50 nations said, hey, we want to have a comment. And Botswana and Russia and Iran and Brunei, and it's all this on my website, excuse me. (coughs) They said, what? You got to be kidding. And so that was on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, the thing is basically ending on Friday. It's all pomp and circumstance on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Saturday evening, I'm sorry, Saturday morning, they had a revision of the new thing. And when we saw that they had this revision of a new batch of amendments, we figured, okay, they're going to probably approve that. They wouldn't have bothered to have published a revision if they didn't think that that was going to be something that they would pass. And so there's a video clip of the United States representative trying to explain all this. And it is so embarrassingly awkward and ridiculous. And um, they passed this second batch of amendments, which didn't do any of the things that we were griping about. That, that all got kicked to the curb. They, they changed the time with which um, any subsequent amendments would come into force. They changed it from 18 months to 10 months. On one level, big whoop-de-doo, we can still reject any amendment that we want just by sending a letter and saying, Mm -hmm. we don't care, we reject it. But they did make that change. And then there's a whole page, which is just a bunch of legal gobbledygook that if you actually, you know, I'm not going to try to explain it here, but give me a call. Um, my number is 310-619-3055. I'll explain it to you because it's just too dense to, you know, put across on, on something like this. We'll be here for an hour and I'll be happy to talk to anybody about it. They accomplished a big pile of nothing. And then they're, they're just like, oh, look at what wonderful thing we did. They applaud themselves and then they go home. Well, but... And, but they did accomplish it but i did they did do a few things first they didn't follow their own procedures which tells me that they're willing to do that at any time if they have to 